Well, good morning. It is Thursday, December 7th, two, uh, 2023. Thursday, December 7th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Pearl Harbor Day. 81 years ago today. Pearl Harbor Day, when uh, uh, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Or you can say... Google. You can say that and then say, play Political Views TV podcast. I really appreciate you. I so appreciate you. In case I haven't told you that before, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me or X to me uh, questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. So... Yesterday, Biden, uh, this is, we're starting with the war in Ukraine, as usual. But as you know, Ukraine gets a lot of aid from the United States. Uh, Yesterday, Biden pleaded with Republicans for a fresh tranche of military aid for Ukraine, warning that a victory for Russia in Ukraine would strengthen Moscow to such an extent that it could then attack NATO allies and draw U.S. troops into war. Uh, the U.S. announced yesterday $175 million in additional Ukraine aid from its dwindling funds for Kyiv, but Biden failed to convince Republican senators to back a larger $110 billion emergency spending bill that included a large chunk of aid for Ukraine, uh, around $50 billion amid continued disputes over southern border security. Biden signaled a willingness to make significant changes in U.S. border policy in an effort to win Republican support, but Senate Republicans voted against moving forward with the bill, demanding more immigration limits. Biden said, if Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. Putin will attack a NATO ally, probably the Baltic states, I would expect, all the way to Kaliningrad. Uh, There's three of them, Lithuania, uh, Estonia, and Latvia. Uh, If Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. Putin will attack a NATO ally, he predicted, and then we'll have something that we don't seek and that we don't have today. American troops fighting Russian troops. We can't let Putin win. The address drew an angry response from Moscow with Russia's ambassador to the U.S., Anatoly Antonov, commenting on Telegram that Biden's comments were provocative rhetoric unacceptable for a responsible nuclear power. Well, you know, you're a nuclear power, and I'm pretty sure it's irresponsible to invade a sovereign nation. Uh, Antonov said, uh, he said, The U.S. was trying to add fuel to the fire of the Ukrainian war by proxy. They have completely lost touch with reality, easily talking about the likelihood of a direct clash between the armed forces of our countries. This kind of provocative rhetoric is unacceptable for a responsible nuclear power. Yeah, well, you know, whatevs. Uh, in In the face of weapons, possibly not coming to Ukraine... Ukraine has asked for help in creating their own from the U.S. Representatives from the U.S. and Ukrainian governments signed a, an agreement to ramp up weapons, 
co-production and data sharing. Areas of concentration include air defense systems, repair and sustainment, and production of critical munitions. Ukraine also said U.S. weapons. Uh, it says it needs to fight the Russian military, include sophisticated air defense systems, F-18 Hornet fighter jets, drones, Apache, and Black Hawk helicopters. Aren't F- F-18s a little bit smaller? The Hornets? Those are smaller, right? Uh, officials from the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense presented a list of armaments to meet the needs of defense forces of Ukraine uh, during a closed-door uh, session of a conference in Washington yesterday attended by government officials and defense industry executives. The comprehensive list included uh, weapons Ukraine already has in stock, like Abrams tanks, 155mm artillery, as well as some weaponry such as F-16s, drones, and long-range attackums missiles that it has asked for in the past. But the list has a few surprises, including big-ticket items like the C-17 Globemaster transport jets made by Boeing and the C-130 Super Hercules made by Lockheed Martin. Uh, Boeing's Apache attack helicopters made the list, as did the Black Hawk helicopter made by Lockheed Martin uh, Sikorsky unit. But the Ukrainians did not stop there. Documents show Ukraine is also seeking F-18, like I said, F-18 Hornet fighter jets, three types of drones made by General Atomics, including the MQ-9B Sky Guardian and the Terminal High Altitude Air Defense uh, uh, system made by Lockheed. That's the THAAD air defense system. The Ukrainians know they must secure Western military aid to carry on the fight. I, I mean, early on, when it was all muddy there at the beginning of the fight, Ukrainians were, were de- uh, stopping Russia uh, with nothing. But to knock back Russia now... They really do need more. We've talked about Russian diamonds. As far as color and clarity, they are some of the nicest in the world. Uh, Okay, I'll give you a little bit of my history. I used to be a jeweler. Certified for for diamonds. I, I know diamonds. And we used to sell Russian diamonds. Of course, that was back then, before Russia turned into a nutball. Anyway, of course, with new diamond, uh, the the new diamond creating processes, diamonds are going to be worth less in the future. Uh, Russia has a huge stockpile and will need to release them to profit before prices plummet. And just to give you an idea, just to give you an idea, at the turn of the last century, you know, uh, 1900, back then, pearls were more valuable than diamonds. What happened? Cultured pearls. Suddenly, you can get a strand for $700. A strand like that before cultured pearls would be dollars $40,000 in today's dollars. Anyway, uh, getting rid of diamonds by Russia, it may be a problem. Biden and leaders of the Group of Seven 
Countries met virtually yesterday with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in a show of solidarity and agreed to, uh, to a new ban on Russian diamonds. Under the new measures, the countries will ban non-industrial diamonds from uh, Russia by January and Russian diamonds sold by third countries from March. They didn't say industrial diamonds. Not industrial, because they need a, we need industrial uh, uh, diamonds for cutting tools and, you know, what have you. Industrial diamonds are, are just really horrible quality. They're called borts. They're really horrible quality and ground up, up into dust uh, to be used for tools and stuff like that. Uh, the UK is accusing Russia's security services, the FSB, of sustained cyber hacking con- campaign targeting politicians and others in public life. The government said one group stole data through cyber attacks, which was later made public, including material linked to the 2019 election. Foreign Secretary uh, David Cameron said the group's actions were completely unacceptable. Despite their repeated efforts, they have failed. We will continue to work together with our allies to expose Russian covert cyber activity and hold Russia to account for its actions. Foreign Office uh, Minister Leo uh, uh, Doherty told the House of Commons uh, today that Russia's ambassador has been summoned and two individuals were being sanctioned. One of them is a serving FSB officer. The Russian ambassador was unavailable after being summoned yesterday, but officials instead met with the Russian embassy deputy head of mission and expressed the UK's deep concern about the alleged cyber attacks. (coughs) Shit. I'm sorry, I had to get that out. (laughs) They expressed concern. Uh, Kathmandu, a district police chief, Bupendra Katri said 10 people had been arrested in connection with the illegal recruitment of young men from Nepal into the Russian army. The country this week told Moscow not to recruit its citizens into the Russian army and to send home any Nepali soldier in its ranks after six citizens were killed while fighting in Ukraine. Yesterday, a former Ukrainian lawmaker who defected to Russia was gunned down near Moscow in an operation claimed by Kyiv as the latest salvo in a brazen assassination campaign. Ilya Kiva was found dead of a gunshot wound in Soponevo, about 250 miles southwest of Moscow. He was a former member of the Ukraine's parliament who had called for Kyiv to surrender when the Kremlin troops invaded the country last year. He later fled to Russia and faced treason charges back home before the killing, for which Ukraine took credit. A Ukrainian law enforcement officer said the liquidation of the top-ranking traitor, collaborator, and propagandist Ilya Kiva is a special operation of the SBU, uh, Security Service of Ukraine. The criminal was eliminated using firearms. Andrei Yusov, a spokesman for Ukraine's military intelligence, said in, a televised, in televised remarks that Kiva was done, adding that the same fate will befall other traitors of Ukraine and accomplices of Putin's regime. Speaking of which, Oleg Popov, a deputy in the pro-Moscow regional parliament in Russia's occupied eastern Ukraine, was killed in a car bombing. 
Ukraine did not immediately comment on Popov's reported death. Russian nationalist Igor Gherkin, who had said he, and we talked about him before, he's very dangerous, uh, who said that he wanted to challenge Vladimir Putin in a presidential election in March, had his detention extended for six months today as he awaits trial on charges of inciting extremism. What a shock. Someone who wants to run against Putin was jailed. Not that I want him to run. He may be more dangerous than Putin. Russian President Vladimir Putin's foreign intelligence chief told the United States today that Western support for Ukraine would turn the conflict into a second Vietnam. Sergei Narish... Boy, do I need a bio vowel. Only two of them. Uh, Narishkin... Uh, head of uh, Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service, said in an article in SVR's House Journal, The Intelligence Operative. Uh, They have like a, you know, it's it's like a magazine for for spies. The Intelligence Operative. (laughs) Um, Said, Ukraine will turn into a black hole absorbing more and more resources and people, which is funny because that's what's happening in Russia. A third? They're using a third of their uh, 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 GN, uh, gross national product. third of it, uh, the money made, for, for uh, building arms. <laughs> he said, ultimately, the U.S. risks creating a second Vietnam for itself, and every new American administration will have to try to deal with it. Andrei Yusov, the representative of the main intelligence directorate at Ukraine's defense ministry, said, Russia is retaining certain capabilities to produce various types of weapons. It is a serious challenge for Ukraine's security and defense forces and the pro-Ukrainian coalition. We need more support. Uh, The hardest part of winter is ahead. He said the Russian missile stocks are much lower compared to last year and the beginning of the full-scale invasion, but he warned that the threat of Russian missile and drone attacks on Ukraine's civil and energy infrastructure remains. The governor of the Odessa region said a driver was killed and grain infrastructure damaged by a Russian drone attack on Ukrainian grain infrastructure near the Danube River, which uh, borders, uh, um, um, uh, is that uh, Poland or Romania? Romania, Romania. Uh, The governor said the drone attack lasted for over two hours overnight and that while most were shot down, some got through, damaging a storage building, an elevator, and trucks. Ukraine's Air Force said 18 Shahid drones were launched in total at the southern Odessa region, and Kmelnytsky uh, uh, region, which is in West Ukraine. 15 of the drones were shot down by air defense rocket systems and mobile fire groups. And now that I have your attention, Let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Kevin McCarthy. I, you know, I did not see this coming. I guess he was really pissed that he got kicked out. And he's just feeling like nothing can get done in Congress. He doesn't want to be associated with it. And plus, I think he wants to make it, he wants to make it harder for Republicans to pass stuff. He's a little pissed at them. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy isn't just, he isn't just not running again, Right? I mean, 
a lot of, uh, there are Republicans that say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm just going to retire at the end of this term. I, yeah, he's not doing that. He is stepping down at the end of the year, leaving his seat open. There will be a special election. And let me tell you, he did not have to step down. That's a highly red area. He would have been reelected. I don't know how quickly Gavin Newsom will call for an election. Will it be June? Possibly. He will leave. uh, He he will try to leave it open as long as possible because it's a red part of California and all but guaranteed to go Republican. What will McCarthy do? He could lobby and make millions of dollars. He's a good fundraiser and could run a super PAC. He could try to run for governor and lose. I'm not sure what he's going to do. I I, want to remind you. Kevin McCarthy could not uh, uh, get a role as an intern for his... uh, uh, for the that congressional seat that he had, he could not. He wasn't smart enough. How did he make his money? Kevin McCarthy won the California's lottery and invested the money in businesses. That's how he made his money. He never earned it. <laughs> oh man, and. And he's not smart enough to do that. He got I'm sure he got somebody else to invest in it, but it was California that gave him the money to run for office. Anyway, <clears throat> yesterday, in a rare move, United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has invoked Article 99 of the UN Charter aimed at formally warning the Security Council of a global threat from Israel's war on Gaza. Guterres has been calling for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire since October 18th. But the Security Council is yet to adopt a resolution calling for a ceasefire amid differences between permanent members, which can veto something like that. The United States, Israel's chief backer, has vetoed a resolution, while Russia, more critical of Israel, has blocked another one. This is nothing but a political move, uh, Guterres, for Guterres, that really gives him no extensive power. It allows him to call a meeting of the Security Council on his own initiative to issue warnings about new threats to international peace and security and matters that are not yet on the Council's agenda. The Charter states, the Secretary General may bring to the attention of the Security Council any matter which, in his opinion, may threaten the maintenance of international peace and security. And war in the Middle East could happen if we don't get a hold on this. Now Guterres will have the right to speak at the Security Council without having to be invited to speak by a member state. Considered the UN's most powerful body, the 15-member Security Council is tasked with maintaining international peace and security. If it chooses to act on Guterres' advice and adopt a ceasefire resolution, then yes, it will have additional powers at its disposal to ensure the resolution is implemented, including the power to impose sanctions or authorize the deployment of an international force. Israel's ambassador to the UN, Jalad Erdogan, did not welcome the move. In a post on formerly Twitter, Erdogan 
described the letter as more proof of Guterres's moral distortion and his bias against Israel. The Secretary General's call for a ceasefire is actually a call to keep Hamas' reign of terror in Gaza, said Erdogan, who also repeated his call for Guterres to resign. Yeah, but he's a member of Israel, and Israel lies about everything, and they've touted for war crimes. Uh, It was not a vote that killed it. But it was quite telling. The $110.5 billion supplemental foreign aid measure for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan failed in the Senate. The vote was 49 to 51. And you're like, what? 49? Who was, who was the one Democrat? Bernie Sanders voted against it. Sanders said in a statement, I voted no on the foreign aid supplemental bill today for one reason. I do not believe that we should give the right-wing extremist Netanyahu government an additional $10.1 billion with no strings attached to continue their inhumane war against the Palestinian people. Israel has the absolute right to defend itself against Hamas terrorist who attacked them on October 7th. They do not have the legal or moral right to kill thousands of innocent Palestinians, men, women, and children. The aid package, which also includes billions in military assistance for Ukraine, failed to clear the uh, procedural hurdle yesterday, with every Republican voting no over the absence of immigration policy changes. Sanders' vote didn't kill it because it required 60 votes to pass anyway. According to a summary released by the Senate Appropriations Committee, the supplemental package contains over $10 billion in military aid for Israel, which already receives $3.8 billion in assistance assistance from the U.S. every year. One human rights monitor estimated earlier this week that at least 90% of the people killed by Israeli forces in Gaza since October 7th have been civilians and children. Sanders, who has faced progressive criticism and outrage for rejecting calls for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza, said in a Senate floor speech on Monday that Israel must dramatically change its approach to minimize civilian harm and lay out a wider political process that can secure lasting peace. Israel's indiscriminate approach is, in my view, offensive to most Americans. Oh boy, is that true? He said, it is a violation of U.S. and international law, and oh boy, is that true? And it undermines the prospects for lasting peace and security. Oh yes, that is very true. Like we've been saying, you and I. Oh, I don't know what you've been saying. I know what I've been saying in this case. Uh, The White House condemned the president's of three top universities yesterday after they appeared to sidestep questions at a congressional hearing about whether students calling for genocide of Jews violated their school's codes of conduct. White House spokesperson, and you know what? Eh, Then you're going to have to stop allowing Nazis to march in the street. Uh, You know what? I don't like Nazis, but I defend free speech no matter what. White House spokesperson Andrew Bates said in a statement, it's unbelievable that this needs to be said. Calls for genocide are monstrous and antithetical in everything we represent as a country. 
any statements that advocate for systematic murder of Jews are dangerous and revolting, and we should all stand firmly against them on the side of human dignity and the most basic values that unite us as Americans. Okay. Okay. Any statements that advocate for systematic murder of Jews are dangerous and revolting. Uh, you know what? I have an unusual angle to look at this. Okay? Let's look at some of the statements from Hamas. Can we look at some of the statements from Hamas? How about... How about this one? We are fighting human animals. And we are acting accordingly. How about this one? We will eliminate everything. They will regret it. Okay, here's another one from Hamas. There will be no electricity and no water. There will only be destruction. You wanted hell, you will get hell. Okay, here's another one. There is one and only solution, which is to completely destroy Israel before invading it. I mean destruction like what happened in Dresden and Hiroshima without nuclear weapons. Oh, and another. Here's another. Israel should be razed to the ground and Palestine's, Palestine's rule should be restored to the place. This is our country. I, I got more. There should be two goals for this victory. One there is no more Jewish land in the land of Israel. After we make it the land of Palestine, Israel should be left as a monument like Sodom. I got more. Expel them all. If the Americans care so much for them, they are welcome to have them wrapped in cellophane tied with a green ribbon. I still, I have more expulsion to the enemy now this day is our pearl harbor we will still learn the lessons right now one goal expulsion of jews that will overshadow the nakba of 48 expulsion in israel and an and an expulsion for anyone who dares to join them how about one more after showing pictures of Gaza destruction, how about this one? This is how all of Israel should look. Those are horrible quotes. Horrible, horrible, horrible quotes. So are you appalled by all this rhetoric of all these quotes that I just read to you? Are you disgust, disgusted by those voices pushing for war crimes and genocide. Well, you should be. It's good that you're appalled because I lied. All those statements were made by Israeli leaders and were actually about Gaza and innocent Palestinians. And that's just the stuff that they say in public. So if... What's his name? What's his name? Um, oh, here we go. If Andrew Bates, if White House spokesperson Andrew Bates thinks that calls for genocide are monstrous 
and antithetical to everything we, uh, we represent as a country, then maybe he should call out Israel. Moving on. Uh, today, the Commerce Department plans to issue a new framework spelling out factors that federal agencies should weigh in determining whether to take March in action against expensive drugs or other individual products that were created with federal help. March in action is the key phrase. Uh, the price and availability of that product to the public are among the factors the department will recommend that agencies consider. The department will seek public feedback on the framework, which it likely uh, is likely to face sharp opposition from pharmaceutical companies that argue it's illegal for the government to seize its patents and would disincentivize the, the development of new drugs. I, and you know what? They say that all the time. Uh, I, I have the opposite uh, argument uh, that uh, I, I, I th they say um, taking over the drugs and making them cheaper disincentivizes drug companies, but it doesn't. It incentivizes them because they need more drugs that they can sell. So they'll make more, right? The exact opposite. Um, uh, the determination which was described by three people familiar with the matter, represents the culmination of nearly a nine-month review of the government's so-called March in Rights. March in Rights. Progressives have long insisted that those rights empower the administration to break the patents of pricey drugs that were developed with public funds in an effort to create more competition and lower prices. And, and, and I, I point to the Moderna uh, um, uh, uh, vaccine which was created partially by the government. And the government, uh, uh, Moderna just lost a case because they don't really own the rights. Anyway, uh, but in other words, if the government had something to do with the development of a drug, then they can tell drug companies what they can and cannot do with that drug as far as pricing is concerned and other things. They can tell them that they can't distribute it to a, a country or, or whatever. Anyway, moving on. The debate was yesterday. Did you see the debate last night? Last night at, uh, I believe, was it 6 o'clock? I don't, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to see it. I, I missed it again. From what I understand, it was, a, it was good TV, and I probably should have watched it. And also, Chris Christie finally showed up. The clearest sign of Haley's rise in the race was that her opponents made her the center of attention during much of the first hour of the debate. They attacked her consistently. And at one point she said, I love this attention, fellas. Thank you for that. <laughs> Ramaswamy continued where he left off at the third debate, targeting Haley for her time serving on the board of Boeing. Later in the debate, Ram Ramaswamy held up his notepad on which he had written, Nikki equals corrupt, which I believe breaks debate rules using props. Anyway, Christie was the exception on stage coming to Haley's defense on, as Ramaswamy lobbed insults aimed at her foreign policy chops. And she has more foreign policy, policy uh, experience than most of them. Um, uh, Chris Christie might have some a little bit more. Anyway, 
He said that Ramaswamy was attacking her personally and not on the issues. And he said, we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, but we don't disagree on this. This is a smart, accomplished woman. Later, maybe he's wanting her to pick him for vice president. <laughs> uh, later in the debate, DeSantis was asked if he thought Trump was fit for office. He responded saying that Father Time is undefeated. Anyway, Christie doubled down. He said, either you're afraid or you're not listening. It's a simple question to answer. Christie said, I am, I'm a simple guy. I hear the question and I answer it. With Ramaswamy, Christie went after his tendency to backtrack on comments. During a back and forth in which Christie criticized uh, Ramaswamy's proposal for a peace deal between Ukraine and Russia, the former New Jersey governor accused Ramaswamy of denying what he said on the campaign trail when he's on the debate stage and of being annoying. Christie said to Ramaswamy, this is the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as being the most obnoxious blowhard in America. <laughs> and he's right. Ramaswamy has just got a mouth on him. He's, he's, he's Trump adjacent. He really is. Uh, but a lot has changed since the 2016 election cycle, including Christie's allegiance to Trump. He saved some of the, his most solemn criticism for all three of his opponents, who he said were afraid to offend the former president. Uh, Christie has been outspoken against Trump. Anyway, he said, you have to be willing to offend with the truth. <clears throat> Christie tried to reframe the debate with a reminder. He said, Trump is currently vastly outpacing all of them in the polls. Uh, I've got these three guys who are all seeming to compete with Voldemort. He who should not be named, referring to, you know, the Harry Potter series villain, uh, uh, Voldemort, whose name character uh, character is avoided saying. They don't want to talk about it. Christie suggested that other candidates are avoiding talking about Trump directly because they don't want to hobble their own chances of becoming his vice presidential nominee or their 2028 presidential prospects. Christie said, when you go and you say the truth about somebody who is a dictator, a bully, who has taken shots at everybody, whether they've given him great service or not over time, who dares to disagree with him, then I understand why these three are timid to say anything about him. Maybe it's because they have future aspirations. Maybe those future aspirations are now, or maybe uh, they're four years from now. But the fact of the matter is, in, in other words, he's saying maybe they're trying to be vice president and that's why they don't want to uh, piss him off. He said, but the fact of the matter is, the truth needs to be told. Only Christie made a sustained case against the former president, a theme he returned to in his closing statement when he said Trump wouldn't be allowed to vote in 2024 in the 2024 election because he will be convicted of felonies before then. When his comments were met with boos, Christie said, you can boo about it all you like and continue to deny reality. 
But if, if we deny reality as a party, we're going to have four more years of Joe Biden. Seems to be right. Uh, yesterday, <clears throat> a Nevada grand jury indicted six Republicans who submitted certificates to Congress falsely declaring Donald Trump the winner of the 2020 presidential election in their state, making Nevada the third to seek charges against so-called fake electors. I remember remember months ago when I first heard about this, that I said that this electors thing is going to explode. It's going to be the biggest of everything. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, Nevada's Democratic Attorney General Aaron Ford said in a statement, we cannot allow attacks on democracy to go unchallenged. Today's indictments are the con- uh, are the product of a long and thorough investigation. And as we pursue this prosecution, I am confident that our judicial system will see justice done. The fake electors involved in the state GOP or Clark County GOP have been charged with offering a false instrument for filing and uttering a a forged instrument. Those two categories of felonies have penalties that range from one year up to either four or five years in prison. In Wisconsin, I'd say there's some rolling over in the fake electors scheme. Yeah. Uh, Now, this is civil. A group of 10 Republicans uh, who acted as alternatives alternate electors in Wisconsin during the 2020 presidential election and signed documents saying Donald Trump won the state's electoral votes have settled a civil suit against them. There still could be some criminal problems. The suit filed last year by two Biden electors and a Wisconsin voter alleged that the false electors and Trump attorneys Kenneth Chisborough and Jim uh, Troopers engaged in a civil conspiracy and violated state and federal laws. The plaintiffs sought $2.4 million in damages. In a deal announced yesterday, the so-called fake electors agreed to issue a statement acknowledging that their efforts were part of an attempt to improperly overturn the 2020 presidential election results and not to act as electors again in any election in which Trump is on ballot. Chesebro and Trupas are not part of the settlement and the claims against them continue. This is interesting. This is very interesting. I, now that I read it, part of improvement and not to act as electors again in any election in which Trump is on ballot. If they are still electors and Trump wins the state, does that mean that they can't send electors to? Oh, that's interesting. I don't think they are, though. I, I, you know what? I didn't, I didn't even notice this until just now, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, anyway, Chesebro and Trupas are not part of the settlement, and the claims against them continue. Under the settlement, the fake electors agreed to assist the plaintiffs with their claims against the Trump lawyers and to cooperate with any ongoing or future Department of Justice investigations related to interference with the 2020 presidential election or the certification of electoral votes on January 6, 2021. One of the Trump electors, then Wisconsin Republican Party Chairman, Republican Party, uh, uh, Republican Party Chairman 
Andrew Hitt, said in a statement that he and the others were tricked and misled into participating in what became the alternative elector scheme and would never have taken any action had we known that there were ulterior reasons behind preserving an ongoing, uh, beyond preserving an ongoing legal strategy. He said he will not be supporting Trump in 2024 and has been working with the Department of Justice since May of 2022. Like I said, rolling over. These electors will end up testifying against Trump and his co-conspirators. Let me get a little bit of uh, coffee here. How you doing? So corporations awarded a lease to drill on federal land must post a bond. If the leasing corporation abandons or uh, an exploration site goes bankrupt or fails to plug a well securely, the posted bond covers the cost of doing so. Sounds reasonable, right? But now, Representative, I know you hate her, Lauren Boebert advanced a bill that would be a gift to big oil. The Colorado Republicans Restoring America Energy's Dominance Act, H.R. 6009, would block a proposed rule from the Bureau of Land Management, the BLM, revising federal regulations to update the fees, rents, royalties, and bonding requirements related to oil and gas leasing, development, and production in line with the Inflation Reduction Act signed by Biden last year. Based on a BLM review of the cost to plug orphaned wells, the rule strongly opposed by uh, polluting oil and gas companies would raise the minimum lease bond amount to $150,000 and the minimum statewide bond to $500,000. It would also end the use of nationwide bonds without those fees. Taxpayers would be saddled with billions in taxes to pay for oil company mistakes. Wait, aren't Republicans supposed to lower your taxes? But this would cause your taxes to go up? Hmm. Imagine that. Public Citizens, Alan Zeibel, uh, Public Citizens, the organization, Alan Zeibel warned in a report published Tuesday the oil and gas industry could stick taxpayers with a massive bill of between $2.9 billion and $17.7 billion. And let's not forget, uh, they could also, uh, the, these oil companies, they could just say, ah, screw it, we'll just leave this, this uh, and, and not do anything. And then the, the, the country would have to sue them to tell them to plug it. Anyway, that was one of the proposed gifts to big oil that Republicans have uh, proposed. Then there was this. House lawmakers voted 221 to 197, almost entirely on party lines, in favor of H.R. 4468, the so-called Choice in Automobile Retail Sales Act of 2023. The Office of House Energy and Commerce Committee Chair Kathy McMorris Rogers, uh, from uh, Republican from Washington, said the bill stops uh, President Biden's agenda to force Americans to drive electric vehicles, which will cede our auto future to China. Rhetoric, lots of rhetoric. 
Uh, what it actually does is keep gas-powered cars on the road even longer while we face the literal destruction of the human race and maybe the planet. Neither of these bills have a chance to pass the Senate or get signed by Biden, but it shows you two things. Shows you how much Republicans are willing to bog down Congress so they can't fix the world and what the future holds if Republicans are in charge. Moving on. On the other side of the aisle, Democrats are trying to pass something of substance. Uh, Something that I would love to see passed. Uh, So if someone is incarcerated, what is the best way to help them realize they can make a difference? How about voting? I never believed that being in jail should stop someone from voting. And in fact, I believe getting involved in the election process will help them become better citizens. Representative Ayanna Presley from uh, Massachusetts, who is leading the bill with Senator Peter Welch uh, from Vermont, the other uh, uh, progressive uh, um, senator from Vermont, said, too often citizens behind the wall and those with a record are wrongfully stripped of their sacred right to vote and denied the opportunity to participate in our democracy. With Republicans and Supreme Court stopping at nothing to undermine voting rights and exclude black and brown folks from participating in our democracy, we must protect and expand access to the ballot box, including for incarcerated citizens. Uh, And I do agree with this. I really do. Uh, The National Voting and Prison Coalition, made up of over two dozen groups, including the Campaign Legal Center, Center for Popular Democracy, Common Cause, Demos, Stand Up America, and the Sentencing Project, said that the Inclusive Democracy Act stands as a beacon of hope for more than 4.6 million Americans currently disenfranchised due to criminal convictions. And remember, throwing people in jail is mostly black and poor that get thrown in jail. The rich can afford lawyers. So that means those who are black and poor are less likely to vote. And that's what Republicans want. They will block this. They will block this with every fiber of their being. The bill would do many things. Guarantee the right to vote in federal elections for citizens who have criminal convictions. Require state and federal entities to notify individuals who are convicted, incarcerated, on probation, or on parole of their right to vote in federal elections. Outline the process for citizens in uh, carceral settings to register to vote by mail if uh, registration is required by their state. Outline the process for citizens in carceral settings to vote by mail, including protecting and prioritizing election mail, curing ballots with mistakes, and casting a uh, a provisional ballot. Ensure citizens in carceral settings have access to information about elections through mechanisms available to them, such as the Internet, campaigns, and third-party groups. Provide a private right of action to enforce this legislation. Of course... I believe there are a few crimes that should not be included for those who would vote, like voter fraud, election fraud. But I would include the ability to challenge that decision since Republicans convict so many innocent people of that crime. 
when it was just a simple mistake, like what they did in Florida. Remember that? Uh, anyway, <clears throat> that's it. Uh, uh, is this, what is today? Is today Thursday? Is it Thursday? What am I, what am I, what, what's going on? Yeah, today is Thursday. Wow. I, it's, it's like the days just go by. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, December 7th, 2023. Thursday, December 7th, 2023. Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, go say uh, thank you to somebody who fought World War II. If you can find somebody still alive, I really appreciate you so much. I really do. I just want to let you know that. Bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast, those four words. That's what you uh, uh, That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me or ask to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on formerly known as Twitter. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.